from the birthplace of radio's greatest era. Now, from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Unlike anything else on radio today, it's a front row seat for great information with today's leading experts. Travel with a third generation travel icon, Linda Perillo. The Fox News Medical All-Stars featuring Dr. Mark Siegel, Dr. Marty McCary, Dr. Jeanette Nishwat, and the OG, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Legal analysis from former prosecutor and court journalism superstar Imran Ansari and Christine Nicholas. The quintessential heartbeat, the New York hospitality, all Joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough. Kevin McCullough, very glad to have you with us as we um, make our way through some of the biggest stories of the last 24 hours. Uh, I've been asked, naturally, um, you know, my thoughts on the presidential, the fourth and final presidential debate hosted by the GOP, which uh, aired last night. Uh, and uh, I gave some reaction on Salem News Channel and was happy to do so. Uh, I'm, I'm reading through a Fox News piece uh, here on my phone that uh, supposedly says that there were winners and losers in the fourth Republican president presidential debate and pundits named their picks of who won. I'm reading this this uh, list by Brandon Gillespie. He has a lot of talk radio people. Don Giordano out of uh, Philadelphia. He asked Dana Lash, syndicated uh, host. He asked a number of other people, uh, Cassandra McDonald uh, and uh, a number of others. Uh, and they all had their, their different uh, takes. I thought maybe one of the most humorous ones was uh, columnist David Marcus, who writes for sometimes Fox News, sometimes the New York Post, that uh, Chris Christie won. <laughs> um, I, I actually, and I've been very hard on former Governor Christie through the prime through the primary campaign cycle thus far because his particip- participation at the debates has boiled down to one simple thing uh he has been belligerent and he's called Donald Trump names that's been about the only thing that that Chris Christie has done consistently each and every debate uh and each and every time out uh last night though I did agree with him uh, on a very significant point and it was one that I I felt was sad that he had to make, but but he had to make it. And that is that this specific group of people, these four uh, people on the stage, Governor Haley, Governor DeSantis, and uh, Mr. Ramaswamy, along with Governor Christie, all believe that they have some sort of merit or relevance to what's going to happen to Republican politics and the Republican future. And And Chris Christie's point was, if you, if you actually honestly believe that, you're, you're kind of a joke. Now, he didn't include himself in that roundup of people. He's, he kind of put himself off as the, the one challenger to Donald Trump that's gonna, you know, t- tell the, the people what's what and who's who and where they need to be. But it was pretty obvious that in the process of uh, going along with the, uh, debate in kind of its normal format, and, you know, all the moderators and the TV network and everybody acted like this was a normal thing. None of these, none of these debates have been normal. Not a single one of these debates has actually even mattered because the more debates they have had, the worse the percentage for each one of these candidates has gotten. And some of them have gotten worse as people have dropped out. Governor DeSantis, who started out in the low 20s when the primary debate started, is struggling in single digits in some of the polls now. Uh, Chris Christie believes he's really got a shot to break through because in New Hampshire, one poll has him at 14%. Governor Haley thinks, well, South Carolina is where I'll make my, my final stand because whoever wins the South Carolina primary is the one that goes on to become the nominee for the Republicans, most times historically speaking. Uh, every one of these people is somewhat delusional in terms of their idea that they're going to matter when it comes to the end result of the presidential primary. Because none of them will. And that's why I think it's really important to understand that last night's final edition of the GOP debates is a really good thing for the, for the race for president for 2024. Because now that we've got this done and December is through, the voters begin to decide in Iowa, 
New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina in the next coming weeks. In, in January, it turns over to we the people. And what we the people have to say is very different than what the networks have been showing us. We the people have said that there are issues that they're not covering in these debates that we actually care about far more. Not nearly enough questions about uh, inflation and economic policy and how to how to fix the economy. Not nearly enough questions about uh, foreign policy in terms of the impact of our own drilling and fracking and what we can do to change foreign policy because of our energy policy. Not nearly enough conversation about the, uh, the sexual and racial agendas that the Biden administration has forced down the necks of our public schools and on our students. Uh, we have largely ignored much of these uh, issues in these debates. And what happens next is way more important than anything that's happened in the debates thus far. What happens next is the people begin to get to, to weigh their voices in on this. And I don't think it's going to be really all that compelling. I think that you're going to have three of the five candidates that are in the race at this point come out of Iowa with what the legacy media will say is a ticket. And by that ticket, they mean a chance to maybe go to New Hampshire and make your case to a few more voters. Uh, if you get a win out of uh, New Hampshire, and by a win, I mean second place, maybe, maybe third place. I, I don't know that third place is going to matter. But you'll have places two and three that will uh, that people will prop up and say, see, See, there, there is, there is discontent within the Republican Party. There is discontent at, at the direction that Donald Trump would take the party. None of which is true. None of it. And that's the great con that continues to be perpetrated by most other networks, not the Salem News Channel. The great con, and there may be individual voices on our network that, that, that believe that the great con is, is still in. But the great con is that Trump has changed the Republican Party. The, uh, the items of importance uh, to what the, the party has propped these candidates up to kind of talk about and to say are not the same things that he's focused on. And that's where even last night in the fourth debate, you had uh, Ron DeSantis talking about, I'll, I'll build the wall. You have uh, Governor Haley saying, I'll, I'll be tough with China. She can't be very tough with them when she has video of herself out there saying that she now works for them. And that South Carolina works for them and that uh, she would make sure that South Carolina would work for the CCP. That's that's kind of absurd on its face. And some of these candidates have a really hard time living in the age of the Internet. Because Mr. Ramaswamy and Governor Haley specifically, but to a lesser degree, Governor Christie and Governor DeSantis have all said things on the campaign trail that when they are confronted about them in the uh, in the uh, private confines of a debate, uh, they change their mind or they change their position or they change the claim of what they said. Well, now we have actual documentable proof of what you've said prior to going on to the debate stage. And what is kind of incredible about the Trump candidacy at this point is that he doesn't do these uh, soundbite debates where he gets, you know, 15 seconds to make a point before people start talking over him. He's been doing long-form speeches and long-form interviews with people like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity, where he's able to go in depth and say, here's what my policies will actually lead to. He also has one other bit of credibility. He's actually done it before. These four have a long way to go to prove that they're capable of doing any of that. So here's what I think is going to happen. President Trump's going to win Iowa. A couple weeks later, he's going to win New Hampshire. A few weeks after that, he's going to win Nevada. A few weeks after that, he's going to win South Carolina. There won't be any more donors. There won't be any more candidates. It'll just be President Trump versus whatever the Democrats have to offer. That's my thought tonight. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Kevin McCullough, wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, vice chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. 
you need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Donnie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best. Period. <laughs> so tune in. Eye on Real Estate. Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate. Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. It's hard to believe, but the holidays will be here before we know it. So why not make them truly memorable this year on board the Atlantis yacht with New York Cruises? Captain Fred and the amazing New York Cruises staff go above and beyond with absolutely every detail. Whether you've been put in charge of planning the office Christmas party or looking to do something exciting for the holidays, why not take the party off land and onto sea? Call 212-633-1231 or visit NewYorkCruises.com and see how Captain Fred and his first-class yacht crew will make your special occasion an unforgettable day. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagement, and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar, bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today. Or visit NewYorkCruises.com. That's 212-633-1231 or NewYorkCruises.com. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We're always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Cammons at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Cammons, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough inviting you to celebrate the birth of Christ at Sing, an Irish Christmas with Keith and Kristen Getty. Carnegie Hall, December 9th at 7.30. Gettymusic.com slash NYC with special guests Dr. A.R. Bernard, Malcolm Geith, Michael Keller. Sing, Carnegie Hall, December 9th. Tickets at Gettymusic.com slash NYC. No safe spaces here. AM 970, the answer. Of all the boys, boys, boys. And now, from New York, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, welcome to Radio Night Live. It is legal night, and my partner in crime, uh, the inimitable Imran Ansari, is in court, therefore uh, not able to join us on this evening. Uh, but I have instead recruited another uh, well-known prosecutor and someone that uh, you know very well. He is one of the top legal minds on the Fox News channel, and you see him there. You read him in the National Review, and he's long been noted for his uh, astute observations when it comes to the Constitution and the law. Andy McCarthy rejoins us. Hello, Andy. Kevin, great to be with you. I am uh, I am very intrigued because I know that you 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 follow politics in addition to to legal stuff, and I'm I'm very intrigued uh, as to the way the, um, the the Trump stuff plays out in court. Kind of there's kind of this correlation of the more that his cases kind of get processed the more his popularity goes up um i think he's at 61 percent now in the uh in the primary and of course we've had some people drop out and so forth but it seems like the republican base has not been moved at all by letitia james or the judge in new york um and i have to ask you as well 
if Fannie Willis is going to give the two men that burned down the Wendy's $500 fines, five years probation, and 150 hours worth of community service, and she's going to push for 76 years for the former president, um, what, what's your, what's your impression of not, of, yeah, maybe the legal process, but how it's, how it's resonating with what people are seeing in terms of how they're viewing the events that we're watching go by? Well, I think the answer, Kevin, succinctly is that people are offended by what looks like, uh, and, and, you know, look, I don't, I don't want to just say looks like it, it is what it is, which is a, um, a partisan weaponized use of the Justice Department that has created a two-tiered system that anybody with eyes to see can, uh, you know, easily notice. And I think the effect um, on the Republican primary side is that you have Trump supporters and Trump is very popular in the Republican Party. Uh, and with the Republican base. So you have Trump supporters who naturally uh, are offended by that. But then I think you also have a lot of people who may not be crazy about Trump, but are really offended uh, by this really frightening in, in, in many ways, uh, politicized use of the criminal justice process where the quality of justice an American gets depends on whether he's affiliated with Democrats or Republicans or whether the progressive government thinks uh, he's an ally or an enemy. I was going to ask you for that clarification because it's one thing to be offended that they are, that they are carrying out their jobs in the way that they are. But do you think, and I think you may have answered this, do you think that there is actual fear kind of trickling down and seeping into the population at large, even people in the middle that don't have a particular political affinity one way or the other, but they say, my goodness, if if they are capable of doing this to one of the most wealthy, most accomplished citizens in the United States, whether or not I liked his tweets or not, um, they can come after me that way. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening. And let me try to explain it in a way I think that has nothing to do with Trump, but that makes the point. And that is... Do you notice that like every single time, it seems, that there's a merger of any significance in the United States, um, the SEC and the FTC and the other agencies are all over it. The Justice Department files lawsuits against it, even under circumstances where there's no possibility that you could argue that the merger created any kind of monopoly power. And I, I think it's obvious that they do that because... They don't care about losing. They don't care about the merits of these lawsuits. What they care about is creating an atmosphere of intimidation that tells every business in America, don't you dare even think about getting bigger Hmm. uh, because we don't like that. And we're going to make, we're going to make you bleed for it in the sense of ruinous kind of litigation costs that, you know, look, the Microsofts of the world and the metas of the world, they can, they can afford the legal fees, but they've made it very, very expensive to do business in America because they don't like the business. Well, and I think that, um, I, I, I do, I, I agree with you. I think that the average man or woman are kind of beginning to, to sense this, um, in a, right. in a profound way. Let me ask you about the New York case in particular. Um, it, Seems as though every attorney we've had on the, on the show has looked at this and said, you know, it, it, it barely passes the laugh test, much less why it should still be in court. What's your sense of where this goes, how it wraps up? What, what actions do the, if, if there's a likely conviction, what's the likely step for the Trump team? At least if you were advising them, what do you, where, where do you think they go next? And kind of just give us your crystal ball of that for a second. Yeah, so uh, the, the one thing I would say is um, it's important to note that this will be a finding of civil liability, not a conviction. And the reason I make that petty point, Kevin, it, it certainly sounds petty to me as it leaves my lips. But um, the reason I say it is I think that if the protections of criminal due process were applicable to this case, it would be laughed out of court. 
And that's the reason the prosecutors decided not to bring it after they made Herculean efforts to go up to the Supreme Court twice to get Trump's financial records, thinking it was going to be the, you know, the criminal bonanza of all time. And then they ended up not bringing the case, which then Tish James, the state attorney general, jumped in and brought as a civil case. And the problem with it is there's a monstrous statute in New York uh, that allows you to prove what they call like a, a consistent or persistent uh, pattern of uh, fraud without actually establishing that there was any intent to commit fraud or any victims of fraud. Right. So we have this situation where there's not a single victim cited in this case. And yet, so it's like a jaywalking offense in the sense well, that... Well, to the know, contrary, actually. Isn't it true that the, that the bank executives that the Trump team called said, we didn't do anything out of the ordinary for him that we've not done for lots of other loans that we've given out? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I'm, I, I give the Trump team credit for being able to get those people to come in to testify. Because one of the things I was worried about, Kevin, and this goes back to the last thing you asked me, is... Even though they weren't victims, I was afraid that the the New York State had created such an atmosphere of intimidation that those businesses would be afraid to come in and huh. testify. So I'm, I'm relieved that they did. But you're exactly right. There's no victims here. Um, and instead of just like fining Trump uh, a nominal amount, if he actually did overstate some of his assets, and let's remember here, that these are sophisticated financial actors who do their own due diligence, right? Um, what's what's your hunch on how the judge decides on this? I think he's already decided. I mean, he's basically, he ruled before the trial that, that Trump was already liable. Uh, and what the trial's been about is how much he's, is he going to let uh, Tish James run up the score uh, toward her $250 million uh, objective. Uh, and I think Trump will eventually get this tailored back, if not completely undone, but it's going to be on appeal. It won't be with this judge and in yeah. this trial. And I think for that reason, Kevin, you're seeing him conduct this more as a, as a political part of his campaign than a legal proceeding because the judge essentially ruled against him before the trial even started. Yeah. Like Allison Before Moore. hearing the evidence, he had already made up his mind. We're speaking with Annie McCarthy of the National Review coming right back after this quick spot. Stay here. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters reporting. Las Vegas police say that the suspect in a deadly shooting at the University of Las Vegas, Nevada, had a list of targets at the school and at East Carolina University in North Carolina. Clark County Sheriff Kevin McMahill said Thursday that the suspect, identified as Anthony Polito, also sent out 22 letters with no return address to university faculty members across the United States. University officials say three faculty members were killed and a fourth was wounded by the gunman who opened fire on campus Wednesday before dying in a shootout with police. California is facing a $68 billion budget deficit. The nonpartisan legislative analyst's office said Thursday that most of the deficit comes from lower-than-expected tax revenues this year. On Wall Street, the dot by 62 points. More details at srnnews.com. Sponsored by Route 22 Toyota, who reminds you that if you're tired of dealing with dummies, experience the smart way to buy with Route 22 Toyota. Don't miss the highly acclaimed multi-season series, The Chosen, now available on DVD. Quantities are limited, but you can get an exclusive DVD offer for our listeners at thechosennow.com. The ideal message for the holidays. It makes the perfect gift for family and friends. The Chosen. Get the first three seasons now on DVD. Quantities are limited. Don't wait. Get yours at thechosennow.com. That's thechosennow.com. Calling all patriots, join me in Alaska in June 2024 for the adventure of a lifetime. For more information or to book, call 855-565-5519 or visit PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Many students finish college without a clear path towards a career. Do you know a graduate in that position? 
tell them about Plaza College's accelerated program in court reporting, which allows you to speed your way into the legal field and make great money without going to law school. This is an in-demand, lucrative career with flexibility that more people need to know about. I'm told district attorneys are in dire need of court reporters. Courts, schools, and television stations are all seeking these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions, classes, live shows, and sporting events. With the national shortage, NCRA partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z, and it's being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough inviting you to celebrate the birth of Christ at Sing an Irish Christmas with Keith and Kristen Getty. Carnegie Hall, December 9th at 7.30. Gettymusic.com slash NYC with special guests Dr. A.R. Bernard, Malcolm Kite, Michael Keller. Sing Carnegie Hall, December 9th. Tickets at Gettymusic.com slash NYC. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. And now, from New York, back to Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. And we're back on Legal Night, Radio Night Live. Kevin McCullough, very glad to have you with us. And in Imran Ansari's absence, as he is in court tonight, I am very grateful to have Andy McCarthy, former prosecutor of the Southern District here in New York, uh, back with us in Andy, I think that um, there's certainly a lot of distinction between the different cases that are about, you know, to get underway for the former president. Um, but when Fannie Willis fan, uh, saw, uh, fined uh, the two guys that burned the Wendy's down this last week to basically $500 each, uh, 100 hours of community service and five years of probation, a lot of people that were following the Trump case, which is being, you know, prosecuted by the same prosecutor, went, Wait a second. They burned a Wendy's down to the ground and he raised his hand and said, I've got some questions about this election. What, 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 what is your sense as to where the Georgia case stands right now? Yeah, I think the Georgia case is a joke. Um, we've had, I, is it four? I think it's four guilty pleas so far, Kevin. And what I think is most telling to anybody who, um, uh, has been a prosecutor before is if you're actually prosecuting a racketeering case and you get the first cooperators who come in the door and say, I'll plead guilty and cooperate. What you make them do is plead guilty to racketeering so that they can get into court and say, here's what there was a racketeering conspiracy. I was in it. President Trump was in it. Here's what I did. Here's what he did. That's what that's like prosecution 101. No one has pled guilty. Not only to racketeering, no one's pled guilty to a serious offense. Nobody who's pled guilty is even looking at jail time. Of course, that's not how the media has portrayed it. They they just touted the four convictions, you know, uh, as the top line. Right. And I've gotten this um, I've gotten this question, as you can imagine, about eight million times. Like, you know, doesn't the fact that these people have agreed to plead guilty and cooperate indicate to you that President Trump is in real trouble? And I keep saying, look at what they pled guilty and cooperated to. There's no reason to think that President Trump had anything to do with the activities that uh, these people have pled to or that he even knew about them. Right. So. You know, as an old prosecutor, you know, when when I'll take the case seriously when somebody comes into court and says, I was in a racketeering conspiracy. And I, I wouldn't hold my breath expecting that to happen because, as I've said any number of times, this is not a racketeering case. I've done a million racketeering cases. A racketeering organization is like a mafia family that everybody is trying to be a member of and the big goal in the conspiracy is to continue the organization in time and space so that it can keep generating money here 
The only thing these people have ever done together, these 19 people that they charged, is get indicted. They didn't see themselves as an actual organization. And no matter what happened on January 20th, 2021, whatever group this was, was going to disintegrate because the objective of what they were trying to do, which is not a crime, uh, you know, trying to get an election overturned is, is not only not a crime, there are legal processes in every state that allow for it. So, you know, she's got it. She wanted to indict 19 people. She'd like to bring them all in one conspiracy. But the problem is the thing she's accused them of isn't a crime. And to conspire, you have to agree to a crime. So she tried to paper that over by calling it racketeering, but it's not racketeering. So I think the case is a joke. Well, and you do have a lot of experience, I would say more than normal, on racketeering cases. And just correct me if I'm wrong, even when they are strong, they are oftentimes hard to prove because of some of the interworkings of how conspiracies work. I would say that that is true, but it's more true at the state level, which go, which I think goes to your point than the federal level. It's just because of some of the um, complications of state law that federal prosecutors are not um, burdened with. It's a lot easier in federal court to prove conspiracy and conspiratorial type evidence than it is for state prosecutors. That's okay. right. So let's say he gets convicted in, in several of these uh, trials. Do, do do the do the punishments get a sentence before the elections in 24? Uh, is it likely that the appeals get processed before the elections of 24? How how quickly does that process churn, Andy McCarthy? Yeah, I think I think that's most likely, Kevin, for the federal election interference case, which the judge wants to try on, uh, starting on March 4th the day before Super Tuesday, if people are keeping score. Um, that's a two- to three-month trial. She's trying to keep. She's trying to make rulings really rapidly to keep it on track so that even if there are some pretrial appeals, she can keep her trial date. If that case goes two to three months, it's a hostile judge, a hostile jury pool. He's looking at four serious felony counts. He could be convicted at one or more of them then he'd probably be up to be sentenced in around August or so of uh, 2024. It's just, it's it's high drama, Andy. We're coming down the, the end of summer, and of course that is the that is the gangplank to the election yep. into the fall when um, I think he will likely have the nomination wrapped up by maybe the first week of March. Maybe, maybe people have dropped out by the time Super right. Tuesday even hits which means he's in general election mode from then all the way through till uh, the fall. And you, you have this high drama of what the government's going to do to try to get him. I, I, this, this, is, this is some historical stuff that we're living in the midst of, no doubt. Yeah, sure is. It never happened before, and let's hope it never happens again. Yeah, from your lips to God's ears. Uh, Andy McCarthy, thank you for your time. Always appreciate your insights. Thanks so much, Kevin. It's uh, Legal Night. Stay with us. It's Radio Nightline. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. This is Jerry Boyer for TownHall.com. Elon Musk said some incautious things on Twitter recently. That's not much of a surprise. Musk is an irascible genius with no filter and a bit of a Twitter addiction. But the reaction was terribly disproportionate with widespread but spurious charges of anti-Semitism. And then a wave of boycotts by Apple, Disney, Comcast, IBM, and others. 
But according to the Claremont Institute's BLM funding database, three of those companies have pledged roughly half a billion dollars to BLM and related causes. And BLM has been associated with Hamas cheerleading and a call to end the nation of Israel. Musk deleted the tweet, visited Israel, and made perfectly clear he's no anti-Semite. And yet the boycotts continue. Companies are right to consider reputational risk. But boycotting the world's richest man, who owns a gigantic megaphone for spurious reasons, is risky. So is entangling your brand with Hamas's genocidal allies. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Mike Gallagher is appalled by what's happening. Where are all the activists in the Me Too army? Why aren't women's rights advocates enraged about the brutality of these women? Could it be because they're Jewish women who were brutalized? Could it be that Jewish lives don't matter? I, I, I'm what this. Are you seeing what's going on in America? The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 10 on AM 970. The answer. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Hi, Kevin McCullough inviting you to celebrate the birth of Christ at Sing an Irish Christmas with Keith and Kristen Getty. Carnegie Hall, December 9th at 7.30. Gettingmusic.com slash NYC with special guests Dr. A.R. Bernard, Malcolm Geith, Michael Keller. Sing Carnegie Hall, December 9th. Tickets at Gettingmusic.com slash NYC. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970. The answer. Ooh, what a little moonlight can do. Back to Kevin McCullough, live from New York. Ooh. All right, and as uh, promised, we uh, every uh, so often uh, get to interact with the, the staff, the faces, the personalities of those at Plaza College doing such great work in uh, several areas of study. Uh, but what we have talked about and what we have featured on the show lately is their school of court reporting. And someone who uh, that passion is very close to her heart is Karen Santucci, who runs the entire thing, and she's back with us. Hello, Karen. Hi, Kevin. How you doing? The last time we were together, we were on the campus at Plaza, and we were um, I was blown away by your students, by your faculty, by the staff of the school. I mean, just I could not be more effusive than to say that when I went there, it blew me out of the water, and what a fantastic night we had that night. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. The students are still talking about it. It was amazing. It was amazing. And you it was know, the first some... time we've done it. We haven't done it in person since COVID. So it was so great to be back in the school and be around everybody and just be able to hug people and say hello. It was wonderful. Sure. Tell me some of the stories that come out of the symposium on court reporting, because there's there's uh, important people there from the state courts and from the city courts that are looking for court reporters. Do you have any stories out of this year's symposium? Well, the the main story is to let those people know that we do have students in school. You know, that's always the big question. I mean, I, I just last week I was, got a call from um, the Bronx uh, grand jury, the supervisor over there, because they were not at our symposium. And she was asking me, she said, oh, do we have students coming out? Because, you know, the higher ups are worried that we might have to resort to digital because there's no more people going into the field. And I told her, absolutely not. In fact, they sent her over a couple of students already for interviews. So that is that is the issue is just to to let people know this is still a vital uh, profession and they, we are getting the word out. You know, right now we started doing those A to Z classes. It was once a month. The last, in, over the summer, we've been doing them twice a month. So we are getting people interested. We're getting people enrolled and, and we're getting people out of the program and into the field, which is wonderful. 
Well, and one of the things that impressed me, I mean, we've had a lot of conversations on this show about the court reporting program now, so I'm far more educated on it than I was when we started having those conversations. But it is a lucrative field that someone who can get trained and get trained fairly quickly can go from doing something else that they may not enjoy that much to having a really fulfilling career and a good salary coming in in a short period of time. Talk about the process. So the program itself is a two-year program, you know, and since it's skill-based, depending on the student and how much time they practice, they can do it in less than two years or a little bit more than two years. But the bottom line is because of the great need, they have lessened the amount of work experience to get into the court system. So for those that, you know, we have freelance, which is wonderful, and you could, you know, make your own schedules, but for those that want that court position and to get all the benefits and that high salary, just six months of work experience. You could go right into lower court. And in the New York area down in the city, that starting starting salary is just shy of 90000 plus transcripts. So wow. that's a wonderful starting uh, salary for someone with a two-year college degree. And, and, and again, this, this is an amazing job. It's not boring. Every day you're in the middle of like these stories and these right. crimes and you know you're in the middle of everything well and explain you just mentioned the transcripts uh, i know what you mean but there may be people tuned in that are just hearing this for the first time the transcripts and owning their transcripts and having possession of their transcripts is a very lucrative part of the the deal too Right. So, you know, as, as a court reporter, you work on that steno machine, you take down the testimony in steno. But after that, that testimony is transcribed into a transcript, which the attorneys, the judges, they pay for that by the page. So for that transcript, you get paid by the page. And if there's multiple attorneys, it's multiple, you know, money keeps adding up yeah. and, and again you mentioned how you know it's their possession because few you years own it forever so if your case is referenced right. by a court five years from now ten years from now they yes. come back and you get paid on it again absolutely absolutely yeah. so it, it, it's always it's always your property and they will come back and ask for it and you charge again now, I just voiced a brand new commercial for Plaza, and it mentions the A to Z program, and you just made mention of it a second ago. It's um, You're taking enrollment again. Talk to us about what that is and how it works and why people should maybe go sign up for it right now. Okay. Because of the dire need for court reporters, uh, a few years ago, the National Court Reporters Association came up with this free class because they felt give people an opportunity to see what the steno machine is all about how we write phonetically before they sign up and enroll in a class so we offer this free class at plaza which we almost now we're doing it twice a month so you can just sign up uh you can access um the steno keyboard if you don't have a machine you could uh download it on the ipad and what we do at the plaza we have these little tiny machines that a tiny mod that you can hook up to your laptop and it has the it's just the keyboard but you can get the feel of the center machine and we do this course for uh four sessions we go through the whole alphabet we, we let students get the feel of how to work the steno machine, the dexterity of the fingers, and they have a good idea if this is for them or not, which, which is great because then when they come into school, they're ready to go and they're excited. So it, it's a wonderful, wonderful program. It's free. It's a free and offering. You, free offering, and you just have to contact uh, Plaza College. It's info at plazacollege.edu. Speak to one of our, of our admission reps, and I am in every one of the classes, so I sit in with one of my faculty. Faculty. We do hands-on. We have, you know, we're on a, it's, it's virtual, of course, but we're on a Zoom and we have the little tiles. We see everybody's hand placements, and we, it's really a great, a great way to see if, if this is something you'd like to do. So, friends, I, I don't want to uh, underestimate this. Uh, this could really give you uh, kind of an, you know, an unexpected insight into something that you could do completely differently than what you're doing now, and begin to make. Uh, a really nice living for yourself. There are multiple people that were there at the symposium that night that we have had on the show that have all said, I wasn't looking for this when it came along, but it came along and it changed my life. Um, the, our steno influencer is one of them. She's like, she's now she's an advocate trying to get other people to become stenographers. So, uh, send that email to info 
at plazacollege.edu, info at plazacollege.edu, and just say you want to sign up for the A to Z program. And there's more information about the entire School of Court Reporting at Plaza College, uh, at plazacollege.edu. You can go there and, of course, see everything that's on the website. Karen Santucci, we appreciate everything that you're doing. Thank you for hosting us. We had a great time. Can't wait to come back sometime. And thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you so much, Kevin. You got it. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Info at plazacollege.edu and reference the A to Z program. You have all helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, My Pillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The My Pillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels and two washcloths. Regular price is $79.98 for a limited time. You can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code Joe P. That's a 50% savings. Go to MyPillow.com. Call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code Joe P to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. For the first time ever, the movie Sound of Freedom is available now on DVD. You know we can't go off rescuing kids in Colombia. What if this was your daughter? Sound of Freedom stars Jim Caviezel, star of The Passion of the Christ, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Sound of Freedom, available now on DVD. Quantities are limited. Don't wait. Buy it today and get the exclusive offer for our listeners at soundoffreedomnow.com. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom makes the perfect gift. Share this extraordinary true story with your friends and family. Get your copy of this powerful movie today. Sound of Freedom is available now on DVD. Go to soundoffreedomnow.com. That's soundoffreedomnow.com. Buy the DVD of this incredible film now. Online at soundoffreedomnow.com. That's soundoffreedomnow.com. Attention all patriots, are you ready to embark on an unforgettable expedition? You're invited to journey with me on the Patriots Alaska Cruise, June 2024. We'll dive deep into geopolitical trends and unpack the influences shaping today. This experience is more than a vacation. It's a chance to participate in profound discussions and spirited debates with like-minded patriots. Seven action-packed days will explore new ideas and chart a course toward a bright American future, all while surrounded by the raw majesty of Alaska's natural wonders. You'll experience powerful creation as you're immersed in the splendor of glaciers and fjords. Let's come together as patriots in this amazing landscape. Mark your calendar, June 29th to July 6th, 2024. Learn more and secure your spot on this once-in-a-lifetime adventure by calling 855-565-5519 or book online at patriotsalaskacruise.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour. Weeknights at 6 on AM 970. The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Brandon Tatum is next on AM 970. The Answer. Once more from New York Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. Kevin McCullough, back with you for a final few minutes tonight. Um, and I, I want to kind of turn this discussion to the uh, legal arena where uh, we have visited before. Uh, and that is the, the, the Trump civil trial here in New York. He was in New York uh, here earlier today. And uh, he was speaking to the press um, in, in less bombastic ways than he has in the past. But he said that uh, this thing that he's going through with Letitia James and Judge Ergonon uh, is is really a sham. And one of the reasons he's more inclined to say that is because of one of the expert witnesses that uh, came before the court this week, New York University accounting professor Eli Bartov, who reviewed all of the Trump financial statements at issue in the case. And, and this is what he said. And this is... 
doesn't get much more clear than this. Bardoff testified that Trump's financials didn't violate accounting principles, and he suggested that nothing problematic appeared in in the findings in the in the financial records themselves. He says my main finding is that there is no evidence whatsoever of any accounting fraud. Now, he's an accounting expert from New York University. He said if you have an occasional bump up in in value from one year to the next in terms of your uh, personal wealth that's normal sometimes if you've gained properties or sold properties or what have you there there may be a, an instance in in which your wealth does go up year over year though he said there's nothing unusual about this at all to which the former president said to those that were watching um he says, I've never met Mr. Bartoff, but he's an expert witness. He found no fraud whatsoever. He found no accounting fraud. And like everyone else, he said, what are we doing here? Why are we here? The president went on to say that this is a political witch hunt. It mean, it's meant to influence an election. This also comes from the White House. This is not just a state matter because the White House is controlling district attorneys. And he went back and connected those dots. He was also celebratory. Because today the former president also learned that an appellate court has now upheld the lower court's finding in New York where uh, the judge in the civil trial is trying to dissolve all of the, the Trump net worth and the properties. He's trying to dissolve all of them. Uh, the lower New York court said that's not going to be allowed until this until this finding is is conclusive, meaning that the trial has to finish first. And then beyond that. The appellate court said that absolutely not. There is no dissolving of assets uh, until the case is uh, completed. And at that point in time, then they would discuss what the timeline would be if that finding still holds. I've told you this on more than one occasion. I don't think that on appeal, any of these cases against the former president stands up to scrutiny. And so from that perspective, I think that the president does have a lot to crow about. And he was in New York today. Um, always good to have him in the city. I hope he has enjoyed his time. Um, I want to say thank you to the Heritage Foundation, by the way. As soon as I scoot out of here tonight, uh, they're having a little New York gathering that we're all going to be uh, participating in. I love the work of the Heritage Foundation. Thank you for that invite. And we will make sure we celebrate uh, the holidays with you. I'm Kevin McCullough. Have a good night.